This is Rock Hard Caucus episode number seven. I'm Justin. <laughs> I've also got Chuck. Hello. Natalie. Hi. Evan. Yeah, let's yeah, let's raise the energy level there, bud. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. We took I'm a sorry. week off in solidarity uh, with our, our boy Bernie. Um, yeah. My energy level is not super high because we all experienced some chest discomforts last time we recorded. <laughs> yeah. That is true. <laughs> it turns out mine was just gas, but... <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> Can you guys imagine Bernie looking at his Twitter feed or like looking at you know whatever social media he's got? Uh, I'm assuming he does it all and seeing like thousands and thousands of replies from... Uh, you know, twenty somethings being like, "I want to die. Please take my heart, King." <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <laughs> what is wrong with these people? <laughs> oh, that's a really good imitation. <laughs> oh, the first time Chuck breaks out the Bernie imitation on on the pod. <laughs> it's really good. We're all recovering from our solidarity heart attacks, and uh, we've we all saw a movie on our our time off. We saw a movie, not all of us together, and actually Chuck didn't see it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> already destroying our own credibility. <laughs> Just lying. Look, I'm a busy man, okay? <laughs> uh, before we get into our, our you know serious Joker review, uh, we were arguing earlier about whether Batman is a furry, so I, I want to let us have this out on the podcast so is batman a furry i would like to hear counter arguments first why is he not a furry i don't think he's a furry i don't think he fits the aesthetic i think his aesthetic is like way more like leather or like carbon fiber because he's rich does it have to be fur it doesn't have to be fur i'd say furries are about being like cuddly and like i disagree and batman's like a vigilante any furry that's of the reptile family or the dragon family are often not very cuddly they're meant to be like sleek and like mysterious and like have this sort of air of danger about them they're not like a dog or like a cat with like a tongue sticking out of its mouth and like a fucking flap that you can get your boner out through (laughs) that's true but, but bats do have fur and batman does not have fur on his costume right that's Batman true. is theoretically mammalian in nature, but yeah, I just don't feel like he fits the aesthetic. I think there's a community element that's really important, too. You have your... Wait, first of all, a bat is his persona. Furries are working class, and Batman is... No, the fuck they aren't. <laughs> part, of the capitalist, <laughs> part of the capitalist class. You know how many Nazi furs there are out there? Have you ever got on Twitter? That doesn't mean they're not working class. There's a lot, a lot of working class Nazis. That's eh, true, I <laughs> Tell guess. Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, okay, they they do go by fur suitors, so that implies that they need to have fur. I think that's just a general term because some are feathered, but they're also part of the fur community. Oh, that's true. That's like true. many dragons feathers. are feathered. <laughs> yes, feathers throw a. But shouldn't there be furries and scales and then feathers? You know, I guess I'm not really in tune with the furry community, but <laughs> yeah, apparently they're I'm all sorry. sort of subcultures no within within the larger furry umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't think that just because Batman doesn't have fur that it would exclude him from the furry community. If if it wasn't a thing prior and someone showed up to a fur con or whatever and they were dressed like Batman, cons- assuming Batman does not exist, I believe that they would be accepted. 
<laughs> That's true. The one thing that I think would be working against him was uh, is his mouth being exposed. I think that if that would be covered, it'd be a different story because typically oh, um, that's a good you point. don't expose any human element uh, unless it's like a pair of shoes, typically. Um, oh, at least what okay. I've done. It's like no, no bare hands, um, you know, no bare arms, like bare legs. Maybe there's like exceptions to this where someone has a costume that is meant to be like, I, I guess pretty much all of them are sort of like anthropomorphic, but ones that are more anthropomorphic where it's like a straight cross between a human and something else. So like say it's, um, you know, a lady that wants to be um, uh, like a flamingo, right? And she's got the flamingo costume and then she has like her legs exposed with the flamingo costume and like is wearing like, you know, flamingo feet or whatever. Like I think I've seen stuff like that before and I don't think that's unwelcomed. As far as I've concerned, I'm concerned about the, the furry community is they're a very sort of accepting people and they're like very close knit and like they, they seem generally very good people, except for yes. the picture of the guy dressed as a fox with a, what was it? he's like a Confederate flag, uh, like <laughs> yeah. dyed fur. And he's like yeah, holding yeah, yeah. a sign about <laughs> like voting Trump or something. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing about furry culture that necessarily says that you have to be of any political persuasion. There's nothing political about being a furry. I, I agree, think. but... But really. there's, like, a community element and, like, a people expressing yeah. quote-unquote deviant sexuality. It's like, I feel like you have to have other furries in order to be a furry. But is Catwoman a furry? No. Yes. Yes? <laughs> if you're gonna go with <laughs> the same logic, be? of course she wouldn't be. She would be. I, I, I think so. I mean... She's in the Batman universe. She's just Batman but a cat. Definitely, if you're going to go by the same logic. I mean, I still would say she's not, but... I have some direct evidence here to present to you all. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I've made up my mind. This this is from from the words written by the fur community. This is on Wikifur. This is the furry fandom page on their, their version of Wikipedia. Uh, there's a section here, a subsection of this article called Becoming Mainstream, and... It says, the mainstreaming of the furry fandom is a subject for ongoing debate. As the fandom grows and becomes more popular in the mainstream, some furs worry about the fandom's popularity and the effect it will have on its image. It can ostensibly be argued that increased awareness and popularity of furry in mainstream culture could result in increased public acceptance and lessened negativity towards the fandom. The alternative viewpoint, however, suggests that if furry becomes too mainstream, it will lose its appeal and fail to attract and retain members to the fandom. So now they have a really long list of examples. <laughs> this, this sounds like Nazi shit again. Like this it is the exact does. same problem that the alt right has. <laughs> oh, why does everyone have to make everything nice, horny, and have Nazis in it? it says 89 percent of them are male and you just can't trust dudes to to, to turn into nazis if it's on it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what what gender they are when they you know or what sex what doesn't matter when they put the suit on because when they put the suit on they assume the role of a character and that's who they are and their way of expressing that is through this so i i don't I, I get what I get what you're saying, Natalie. I definitely do, and I think that's very valid. But you know, I, I like to give these people the benefit of the doubt because no, I think they're great. Yeah, yeah like I spent yeah. a long time as a young person trolling them, and like I feel a bit of guilt about that to this day because I realize they're just like normal people. That this is just like what they do, and there's nothing yeah. like harmful about it at all. No, it's great. Wait, I feel like Justin had the definitive answer. Yeah, I had a point there. Uh, so they have a long list of examples here. <laughs> 
that they say characters and titles that contain characters who may be considered relative to the fandom for furry genre. And uh, under the list of modern age comics, including characters like Howard the Duck and Fritz the Cat. (laughs) (laughs) They also list Batman. So Yeah, I told you. All right. The furries themselves consider Batman to be uh, related to the furry genre. He's so. furry adjacent. Furry adjacent. Enough. That's it what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, it's enough yeah. to be considered a furry. Yeah, because they're an accepting community. So if you were furry <laughs> adjacent, you would be accepted. I'm trying to think of some other like funny uh, like anthropomorphic cartoons that like imagine a fursuit <laughs> of him. Like Garfield would be pretty good. He's on the list, yeah. Garfield is. Pretty much any Disney yeah. character. What about Avatar? Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Avatar, definitely. No, hold on. Uh, if I remember correctly, and I'm just going off of playing Second Life, the Avatar people, <laughs> the Avatar people, they all stuck together, Second and they had their Life. own, they had their own parcels, and they had their own Sims. They didn't intermingle with the furries, so I'm gonna say the Avatar okay. probably no. I just, feel like they would also okay. be accepted into the furry community, though. Probably. They're adjacent. Yeah. They're furry adjacent. But I think Batman is more of a furry than the Avatar. Yes, I agree. Uh, so I think we've kind of settled that. Uh, <laughs> right again. We're talking about Batman because, uh, as I mentioned previously, some of us saw the Joker this week and felt it. we needed to talk about it on the show. It's the big hot button issue of the day. Yeah, everyone is 2019. Really, really upset. Culture, baby. Really, really worked up about the Joker movie. I saw it on Tuesday night uh, in Cedar Rapids with my father, as most <laughs> Joker attendees probably did. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) or their mother one or the other for the movie i mean it fits more in the theme of the movie if they went with their mother it does oh man i know i know some of the things that happened in that movie and that'd be pretty good (laughs) (laughs) young man seeing the joker with his his elderly mother oh man i saw it with my two large boys at the bar (laughs) yeah we went last night it's fresh in our minds yes uh, we're going to probably spoil some stuff, so if you're listening to the show and you care about that, uh, skip ahead like half an hour or something. So I went on Tuesday night. There were signs all over the theater, like at the entrance and at the ticket counter, uh, prohibiting costumes or face paint to see the Joker movie, uh, but they specified that you can't wear a costume to see that movie, so I'm wondering if you could dress as the Joker and go see something. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good move. You dress as the Joker and go see uh, go see Cuck. Would that be okay? <laughs> go see the Adam Sandler. You, we need to go see that movie, too, and talk about that next week. We all need to go see Cuck. <laughs> if anybody listening isn't familiar with that, I highly suggest you look up the trailer for that movie because it looks like a banger. Uh, in addition to the signs, they had two cops and a sheriff in the lobby there to uh, enforce wow. the law of no costumes. I think uh, everyone's On a afraid. Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, two cops and a sheriff. Everyone's afraid Jesus they're going to get shot Christ. up. Christ. They had a cop and a mall cop there. At, oh, like, really? I didn't Yeah, you that. didn't see them. They no. were standing by the entrance. That's hilarious. Yes. And I saw the second It movie a couple weeks ago, which has similar themes, you know, like a clown killing people. But it's interesting, like, how differently we're treating this culturally. Like, there needs to be multiple cops in the lobby to protect us from the Joker viewers. But a movie featuring a much more evil clown, like explicitly killing multiple children on the screen, that one 
is not a cause for concern. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, we do be living in a society, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more people who want to be the Joker than want to be Pennywise, for sure. <laughs> Let me ask you this first. Did he ever say the word society in the movie? Yeah, I he does right at the he end. He does say it? <laughs> oh, yeah, because he does. Yeah, you're right. He does. He does. He, do- he doesn't say we live in a society, but he does say the word society. <laughs> I was thinking about that this morning. <laughs> like, if they had any of like the classic like internet lines that are in the movie, like it's, nah. it's impossible to ignore. Yeah, it wasn't like over the top reference, but it the word was there. Um, Evan and Natalie, what was your uh, theater experience like? Before we actually <laughs> we have talk a couple of good ones. <laughs> I got carded and denied getting drinks because my license is expired. And that seems crazy to me. Like, it's yeah. my birthday doesn't change if my license is expired. I, I had the same problem. Uh, my ID expired back on my birthday in July. And the picture on my ID is when I was 17. And I am now a nearly 30-year-old man. <laughs> so, like, when I go to... Well, okay, so when I had to renew it, you could just go online and renew it. And you don't have to get a new picture taken, right? So they just use the same picture and send me a new ID back when yes. I was, like, 23. And, like, yes. this picture of me is when I had, like, shoulder-length hair and you were allowed to smile in your picture on your ID. And there was... T- yeah, so I'm, like, smiling and, like, all stoned with long hair. <laughs> and every time I hand it to someone that I, I haven't seen before or hasn't seen me, they, like, look at it and then look back at me and then look at it again. And all I can think <laughs> is, like, are you kidding? Like, if I was going to use a fake ID, why the fuck would I use an ID of me when I'm a teenager? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. So the guy who denied Allie, he was, or I'm sorry, Natalie. I don't know why I said Allie. Wrong woman. Uh, wrong, wrong woman. <laughs> <laughs> We're interchangeable. Yeah, his binders all shuffled up. My women friends. <laughs> <laughs> but he was uh, like a new guy, and he was like, a com- I would say, fit the stereotype of like a comic book nerd kind of guy who probably went to get a job at Flix so he could see movies. Yeah, he was like 50. He wasn't that old. Uh, yes, he was. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I mean, he was he had receding hairline for sure. The way like, you described him earlier made him sound like the comic book guy from the Simpsons. <laughs> Not quite that, but anyway, it was funny, but then the guy the manager came back and was like, "Oh, you're cool. We've seen you before." And he's like, "I'm not a Nazi." And I was like, "Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> we don't like those." And then he left and like he was really nice, but I was like, "That implies that the other guy was a Nazi." <laughs> and like right as the other guy was like walking back to our table. <laughs> So I was worried he heard it, but... uh, He was trying to be cool in front of us. So Cooper ordered me a drink, and then I drank it in front of them. So I was drinking anyway. (laughs) But they came over and told me it was okay that I was. The one drink. He also said that you weren't a DUI kind of person. (laughs) What? What does that mean? It means I'm a white girl. Yeah. Yeah. You're not a DUI type of person? Yeah. What a thing to say. I've never had anybody say that to me. I think I look like a I think I look like a DUI guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll admit it. That might be a little true. So yeah, and then we uh, went into the theater, and yeah, I mean it's flicks. It's it's kind of nice. The other funny thing that happened, I'll just get this out of the way, is the people next to us. It was like a couple. I didn't really get a great look at them, but they the guy seemed like very drunk. They both like immediately ordered two drinks and like an appetizer, I think. And then they, like, left the movie within 20 minutes and, like, 
just stiffed they like dine and dashed at a oh, fucking wow. brew house really? movie theater yeah which is like the ultimate joker move honestly yeah, it really is. Yeah. That like, actually owns that is honestly they are like jokers dude but they didn't tip i feel like you have oh, to no they tip. didn't pay anything uh, the joker wouldn't tip. no they they <laughs> dine and dash they left the movie 20 minutes in they can steal food that's fine but they still have to tip <laughs> okay so they leave a five dollar bill but <laughs> i looked yeah. at their check too it was like fifty dollars almost fifty dollars oh yeah wow dude. For two drinks and an appetizer? Yeah. What do they fucking order? Like top shelf? It's really expensive. Oh my god, I've been afflicting a long time. I guess I forgot it was that pricey. It's so pricey, and the tickets were ten fifty two just for like normal tickets. That's not too bad. Is it? Oh, I don't go to movies a lot. I always shell out extra. Uh, so at uh, Marcus, they have the theaters that have like the nice big recliners that are like heated. I know those are well worth the price of admission. Like I, I honestly, yeah, like I enjoy going to movies now that there's a like a comfy seat for me to sit in. You know, because that's one problem I have is like I'm tall and like I nearly never have enough room in those fucking seats you know i don't like to fight over the armrest that's the way to go for me those comfortable chairs are just too decadent (laughs) when i consume a film i i must maintain a rigid composure (laughs) i must be sitting on an oak bar stool with no padding (laughs) it's way too close to the ground or way too high off the ground i bring my own chair to see these movies. <laughs> like a shitty folding chair with stickers all over it. <laughs> all the way in the front. There's like, like a huge Aquabat sticker on the back of it. This <laughs> <laughs> sort of jelly bean sticker on it. People are like, who the fuck is that? I'm imagining like hauling in an antique chair <laughs> and then covering it with stickers. <laughs> like you've got a cart, you're just wheeling it in because it weighs 180 pounds. <laughs> like your fucking ancestors brought it in a wagon across the prairie. <laughs> this chair traveled the Oregon Trail. <laughs> it's good enough for my great great grandma. It's good enough for me. That's right. <laughs> so movie. Uh, <laughs> I have a brief summary here to get sort of the major points out. Uh, again, I'm going to spoil everything, so don't listen if you care about that. Uh, the basics here. There's this guy, Arthur. He's a mentally ill, working-class guy. Uh, He gets fired from his job as a rental clown in the 1970s. He'd been seeing a therapist, but the city cuts funding for social services, so he no longer has access to someone to talk to about uh, his issues or a way to get the medication that keeps him in a stable mental state. Uh, One of his clown co-workers had given him a pistol to protect himself on the job. And the night that he's fired, he is taking the train back to his apartment, and he ends up killing three young men who turn out to be employees of the Wayne Corporation. They're sort of like Wall Street types. Uh, And the triple murder inspires a kind of kill-the-rich movement among Gotham's lower class. And they form mobs, and they protest in the streets wearing clown masks. Meanwhile, this guy Arthur, he's also an aspiring stand-up comedian, Uh, which is inhibited by his nervous tick, which is uncontrollable laughing at inappropriate times. So that's kind of how they bring the Joker laugh into it. Like, this dude's laughing all the time. It's not because he thinks everything is funny. It's because he just sort of has this kind of anxious reaction to everything. It's actually a real thing, apparently. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. So a video of a comedy open mic where he bombs really hard, it ends up on a late night talk show, kind of like a Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Jay Leno kind of show. Uh, the response to the video from the show's viewers is so great that the host invites him on the show as a guest. Uh, Arthur goes on the show 
wearing full clown makeup and he confesses to the murders on the train says he was not trying to inspire any sort of ideological kill the rich movement and he ends up killing the host of the show on live tv and a quote before he fires the kill shot is what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that abandons him and treats him like trash i'll tell you what you get you get what you fucking deserve then he shoots robert de niro in the head on live television that's basically the whole movie. Any important points that you guys think I missed there? Well, if we're going to go full spoiler mode, at the very ending, they uh, he's in a mental hospital talking to, or he's in, I guess, Arkham Asylum or Arkham State Hospital, whatever they right. call it in the movie. It's implied that he kills his therapist and that basically that most of the movie is seen through like his perspective. I don't know. You know, people will always like come up with dumb conspiracy theories about movies and stuff, but it, it's obvious. It's like supposedly like the movie is basically him like recounting his experience. So with how he got to come into the mental hospital or whatever. So the movie seems to me that it's about class struggle and about the importance of a strong uh, healthcare system that helps people. Right? I'm sure all the incels went to go see this movie. I think movie, if totally you take any political it, right? shit out of this movie, then you're fucking kidding yourselves. <laughs> it's a, it's a comic book movie. What Justin just described literally sounds like class struggle to me, though. Like, what, right. well, something? It brushes up against a lot of things that are very real and very important issues, but it doesn't bring them together. It misses it, the mark. It, the way I said it, it's like a Rorschach test of a movie. Like, it's not going to, like, like, I was trying to imagine how a conservative would see the movie, and they're not going to, like, you know, like, even if there are, like, this movie kind of, like, provides some context or humanizes him in some aspect, but, like, he's still an evil guy, even if he had mm-hmm. mental illness, even if, you know, society is cruel to people like him so they're gonna see it that way and the movie gives them a a great cop out at the end because it kind of equates the mass like the protests you know the anti-capitalist protests with like the joker and sort of like saying that like these people are like nihilists or or something like that or like i mean i could see that a a conservative would interpret that way I think it's basically it, any politics that you take out of it are just going to be what you want to see about it. Right. It does try to kind of play it both ways and not really have an actual point. It's important to remember that Which the is, director of has this to. Is, is the guy who did the Hangover movies. He's not really yes. like a serious movie director so far in his career. He's not like actually trying to make no. a larger point. No, I mean, it does a good job of like providing at least context or or whatever or like social context and like the context of like income inequality and like lack of access to mental health like obviously those are huge issues and stuff but it's like i I don't know it doesn't make any sort of cohesive point about that or anything at all there's like a much better movie in there somewhere and that sucks if he did have health care if he did have acceptable housing if he did have access to a like a dignified job then you know those things might have intervened and i I think that's nice to know but they don't really stick the landing no but if you go in expecting like a joker backstory i think like and you don't care about politics you're just a comic book fan and you like the new modern sort of gritty dark cinematic comic book movies like this movie is like the least comic book movie movie i've ever seen yeah it's good it's very dark and you know there's like all the acts of violence are very surprising and then there are some somewhat funny moments like you know it's hard to say depending on your own perspective i mean there were moments where people laughed um yeah if you want a joker backstory you're gonna be super satisfied Mm -hmm. but if you're looking for social criticism i don't think you're gonna be very satisfied 
<laughs> right. Uh, Natalie mentioned that there is a really good movie like somewhere in there. Uh, I would posit that that very good movie is a Taxi Driver remake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. It's just the same movie, but worse. More or less. I mean, it's it's obviously a very intentional reference to Taxi Driver. Right. It takes place in Gotham City, but it is basically the New York of Taxi Driver. There's yes. garbage all over the place. Crime is on the rise. It's the most smoking I've seen in a movie. Yes. There was a lot of smoking, notably. Oh, yeah. So much indoor smoking. It's crazy. Is there yeah. more smoking than uh, Good Night, Good Luck? There's a lot of smoking in that movie. I remember watching that in school, and it was like, man, this owns. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of like fake documentary kind of style, and it's like, that's the way it is back then, you know? He was smoking in the hospital. Ah, the good old days where you could smoke in a hospital. (laughs) There are several, like, direct references to Taxi Driver, actually. Imagine that. Right, he gets a gun from one of his coworkers. There's a scene where he's actually pointing a gun at his TV in his apartment, just like in Taxi Driver. There's a scene where he's like standing in his living room talking to himself and rehearsing how he's going to draw the gun on somebody. Robert De Niro himself is in The Joker. There's a, a political thing where Thomas Wayne is running for mayor and Arthur sort of like stalks him a little bit, similar right. to Travis stalking. Was that a guy also running for mayor in Taxi yeah. Driver? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and if you remember the end of Taxi Driver where Travis is like miming, pointing a gun at himself when he's covered in blood with his fingers, Joker does like exactly the same thing in somebody's apartment that he's been stalking as well. Uh, So basically, the way that I see this is like, this is an alternate take on Taxi Driver, whereas like Travis Bickle was a just sort of disturbed young man who's lonely and sees like all this misery and depravity around him and feels like he needs to take action in some way. And he's going to take that action by like assassinating a political figure, but that doesn't work out. So he ends up killing like a pedophile pimp and is regarded as a hero. This movie Joker is like, if that original plan of killing someone who doesn't really deserve it had played out. And then like, it still ends up with him being regarded as a hero, but by like, a rioting group of people wearing clown masks. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's very confused in its ideology. Well, but. okay, so I think part of the important part point about it is that Thomas Wayne in this movie is portrayed a little bit differently than maybe in other Batman movies or media, and that he's like an asshole, like an abject asshole, instead of like a philanthropic. Like, I mean, I guess he sort of represents sort of like sort of politician who just i mean he's trump basically <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and kind of a mitt romney as well with the way that he kind talks of. about he's, poor he's people not trump on exactly. tv he's more like yeah. yeah he's more just like he, he's treated as like basically a republican sort of guy and like yeah. there's a whole plot with the joker's mom you know he takes care of her he lives with her he like there's a scene of him bathing her they dance together there's a lot of dancing in this movie <laughs> a ton of dancing yeah joaquin phoenix does a great job <laughs> he's really good that's the thing everyone agrees on he's great <laughs> but his mom there's a plot where basically his mom says that he's thomas wayne's son and she's like writing to thomas wayne to get him to like give them money to take care of his son but then it turns out that his mom basically was like in a psychiatric hospital and like abused him the joker arthur yeah and basically like she made it all up and he he uh, goes and encounters he goes to like stalk thomas wayne and meets him in a bathroom at some like theater and gets punched in the face when he brings it up that's kind of like the crystallization of like why he like goes full 
Joker, basically. So, okay, I haven't seen this. Uh, I did see um, Heath Ledger's Joker, and to me, his Joker sort of uh, was very kind of unapologetic about the way that he was. Like, the logic behind him was like, you know, if society made this made me this way, and like all these experiences I've had have made me this way, like why should I have to apologize for what you have done to me? Uh, does Phoenix's Joker kind of have a similar air to him? It does right at the end when he kills the Robert De Niro character, because that's basically what he's saying is like society just fucked me. That's when he officially. That's when he like puts on the makeup. Like he puts on the makeup for the like the green hair, the like face paint as the Joker, and then. He officially makes his, like, manifesto known, basically, and becomes the Joker. He kind of builds up to that point that you see with the Heath Ledger Joker. But, I mean, it's an origin story, so. I, myself, had my own beginning to my Joker origin story last night. (laughs) (laughs) I was captured on live television at a hockey game (laughs) on a a very badly mismanaged power play where the puck slipped loose and was sent down the ice to the main leaving the penalty box, leaving him one-on-one with the goaltender, and he scored instantly and tied the game with five minutes left. And the camera cuts to me swearing, and you can basically see the paint forming (laughs) on my face. Yeah, you can see my hair turning green and, like, the paint forming on my face. (laughs) Uh, So I think if you want to take any sort of larger social commentary out of this movie, you kind of have to form it yourself. And the way that I see it, um, that last line that Joker says before he kills Robert De Niro, you get what you fucking deserve. Like, that's kind of what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. The city abandons people who need help. Uh, as the social worker says to Arthur, these people don't give a shit about you. They don't give a shit about me. And, uh, you know, when we abandon the people who need our help, we'll get what we fucking deserve. Yeah. Kind of a bleak takeaway, but that's basically what the movie is to me. Um, that's absolutely the takeaway. Yep. In the group chat, I asked Justin, "Is this going to be a movie where it's someone being really lonely and alienated for an hour because that really hurts me emotionally?" And he said, "No." And what was it? It was a movie <laughs> where he was alienated and lonely for an hour, and I cried. <laughs> like, I was Thanks on the a other- lot, Justin. Wait, wait. <laughs> I was on the other side of Evan, and I was sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I hoped that you couldn't see it. Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's fine. You can cry. Okay. Really, though, because he's so lonely and he's so abused by the society. It's a, it's and, can yeah, be, it's a disturbing watch. I mean, like, it's a really, I'd say it's an entertaining movie. I mean, you have to have, like, a little bit of a stomach for it, I'd say, because it is pretty, it's pretty sad, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do not have the stomach for it. And I have really strong opinions about whether you're, like, allowed to torture porn me emotionally for no political point at all so the fact that it doesn't hit the mark on what it's trying to say it's like you're just destroying me and he's he's a like horrifically abused as a child and there's a real tacky oh it was because of his mom thing they don't show any of his child abuse they just mention it i don't know but he's like every he gets beat up a bunch of times and he's trying to take medicine and he can't get yeah, it there's like multiple points where he gets punched in the face just because he has the laughing condition yeah and like everyone hurts him like i don't know i'm just like i just want you to be able to go to your therapist i don't know i just don't wow. like to watch People wow, do. Natalie. Now, take this take this attitude and apply it to all the poor incels out there. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I feel Society. for that, too. I absolutely feel for that, because there's this masculinity that they're being crushed by, and society mm-hmm. isn't providing them with emotional tools. I feel mm-hmm. for them. Masculinity right, is I a mean, prison. 
Joker is also like I don't, I'm not a comic book movie guy really. I don't really go to many. I like am aware of it to a certain extent, but like cultural osmosis. Yeah, cultural osmosis. But like the Joker again, he's like a super villain. Like if you've seen any other Joker shit, you know, like he's a fucking bad guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I needed like more of it to explain. If, if why you have a little bit more of a grounding in that, then like you might feel differently about it. Yeah, maybe you know? that's why I was less sensitive to it and tricked you into going to see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next movie that Natalie should go see with uh, Cooper and um, Evan is uh, Requiem for a Dream. I think you'd like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't seen there's that. No he- there's no heavy themes it touches on at all. <laughs> I've seen it. It's so... Oh my god. That just really gets to me. Like That movie ruined my fucking week when I saw it for the first time. <laughs> yeah. like, I was sad for a whole fucking week after I saw that movie. It's a rough one, yeah. Oh, dude, it's the roughest movie I've ever watched in my entire life. I don't think I've seen one that fucked with me more than that movie. So, uh, are we ready to move into some real-life issues? <laughs> some news? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck this movie, honestly. Fuck the, everything about the movie, about, like, the cultural, like, the opinion shit of it. But, like, it's a decent movie. It's, like, I don't know, I'd say, like, a 5, 6 out of 10. I like the women. The stuff with women is really bad. There are two women characters, and one of them is causing his problems because she won't fuck him. And the other one is mom ruining <laughs> his life in I- the... Like tacky I wouldn't say that. <laughs> what? The first I part. I don't think causing the movie his problems is presenting it that way. I wouldn't say the lady is first lady is causing his problems. In fact, he like imagined basically any interaction that he had with her. Yeah, it's <laughs> the woman he's talking. Incel apologist. Like it's they very on. specifically show that like he just made up like this fantasy of like this woman likes him and like it's not even very portrayed very sexually. I mean, he does I guess go to her apartment once and like makes out with her but like it it isn't really it's portrayed more like he just wanted someone to like go to his fucking stand-up sh- show and like care about him he wanted to be seen he wanted someone to witness him that's different i mean that's yeah. different the way you described it sounded like <laughs> he was like seeing this woman's friendship as like a shitty consolation prize no, when in fact I he c- just wanted to fuck no. her okay that's what it sounded like when you said that at first he imagined their entire relationship it, like she didn't even really Basically know who because, he was like he was she was just a lady who lived in his terrible apartment and they were in the elevator a couple times together but he also stalked her Oh, that's true. Yes. That's true. He did. I'm sorry. Yes, that is true. So it's not like it's just in his head. And it's so yeah. tacky to have it be the mom. Come on. Yeah. Like, oh, your mom ruined you. Like, okay. That's just my last commentary is I, like, hate the the two lady tropes yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah fair. <laughs> so on to some news, local Iowa news. This is something that's, like, very much in our wheelhouse because it involves a social media post. Something we keep talking about. It's not Carson King, is it? It is not Carson <laughs> King. It's not Carson okay, King. I was going to say, I was like, all right, see you guys next week. <laughs> Carson is chilling right now, dude. <laughs> He's oh living God, the I life, to, man. I don't want to talk about him. You, all right, real quick. I'm sorry. I have to ask this. How many times do you guys think Carson's gotten laid as a result of this? <laughs> oh. He has uh, to have gotten laid at least once as a result of this. Yeah, I mean, it's been... This thing's been ongoing for like a month now. It has to be at yeah, least. Yeah, I mean he's like a handsome five, guy too. You know, five or he's six not times. Handsome. I exaggerated in the last episode or whatever episode we fucking talked about that shit. He's he's ex- he's like acceptable. I think is what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He sure. looks he looks like a wholesome Midwestern Iowa guy. He really does. He really does. He has the cadence of handsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, that's a very good way to put it. Like if you described him, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's a handsome man. Yeah, I hear that a lot too. 
Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so right now we're we're going back into the Courier, which regular listeners will remember from our Dennis Clayson article from uh. a couple episodes back. Uh, these I have two articles here about the same situation. These are both written by Andrew Wind. Headline for the first one is Waterloo teacher on leave over a sniper rifle Facebook post. Oh yeah, this this classic one. You know, it's really funny to me. I was looking at some KCRG comments this morning, like I am doing now for some reason. Uh, it's a very <laughs> bad habit that I picked up. Like I quit smoking, and I felt like destroying my body anyways. So I started looking at the KCRG comments. <laughs> by the way, I'm not recognized as a. I'm a top fan there now. By the way, uh, you can you would not believe how many people in that comment section we're getting mad that this guy got fired because they're like, what, what about free speech? What about free speech? Oh, it's like, yeah. you're literally talking, no. you're literally talking about a man that threatened a young girl who is exercising her fucking right to free like, speech as even well. Even if it's a joke, it's not acceptable. No, I mean, it's not acceptable. For a, not the- a school teacher. It's, yeah, exactly. If it, was, <laughs> if it was like some dickhead that hangs fucking drywall or something, like I would understand like, you know, oh yeah, like his boss is going to think that shit's funny. And they'd be like, yeah, good one, Jack, you know, like fuck whatever. But like, like, dude, you're a school teacher, and like, people are trying to play it off like it's a joke. Like, no, I there is a fantasy in this man's mind where he would love to fucking blow her away from a building top and not and not get caught and get away with it. I fucking promise you, dude. Yeah. So let, let's let's get into what actually happened here. Uh, a West High School science teacher who posted a threatening comment on social media about a teenage climate activist has been placed on administrative leave. The teacher wasn't named by the school district, but a Facebook post purportedly written by teacher Matt Baish, or Baish, it's B-A-I-S-H, was widely shared Thursday. In a screenshot of the post, Bush, or Baish, fuck, what's his name? I don't know. Anyway, this guy- Matt (laughs) Bitch. Yeah, Matt (laughs) Bitch commented- Matt Bush Light. (laughs) Uh, Don't have my sniper rifle in response to the post about Friday's appearance in Iowa City by 16-year-old Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg. Yeah, there was a a post on Facebook. um, Greta Thunberg visited Iowa City last week, and somebody wrote, Who all is going? And this guy, Matt Bitch, he commented, (laughs) Don't have my sniper rifle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh... So he was not oh. attending the rally because he couldn't bring his gun to kill her. And by the way, this guy isn't on administrative leave. He he was fired. He's gone. He lost his he job. Got, he re- he resigned. <laughs> he get, he got the choice. He got the same choice Aaron Calvin did, <laughs> and he chose yeah. the wrong one this time. The same one that Jeff Klinsman got as well. This issue has me kind of fired up because this is kind of like reminisce. I was really hoping something horrible was going to happen to this guy, and um, I guess losing your job is good enough. Like. That's inciting speech. We have gone yeah. in. We have gone to free speech extremism. Like she's a teenage girl. I can't imagine being a grown man and getting so incredibly worked up about this that you take to fucking Facebook and you write shit like this. What about this is so threatening? Do you think it's the fact that it's like not only a young person but it's also a girl and a young girl that is not American? Like that's just got to make their fucking blood boil. They're just like foaming at the mouth, and like anytime she gets close to their city, people have to like uh, fucking keep them in like a, a, a soundproof room, like a neurotic dog that can't stop fucking howling at like horns and like fireworks or something because they're just frothing <laughs> at the fucking mouth and tearing the furniture to pieces and pissing on the floor. Just and their problem is is that she wants to be able to 
have a world that's inhabitable. How dare she? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, you're mad about someone who is doing, like, the raising of awareness shit about climate change and, like, trying to get people to protest. I mean, like, that is, like, the most threatening thing to you that you would, like, say that thing about a child. Like, it's just fucking disgusting. Totally different context, by the way, of any of the other, like, Carson King shit that we were talking about earlier. Which is, like, I think an important thing is, like, the people, like, I don't know, context is so just, like, flattened into fucking nothingness these days. Yes! (laughs) You know. And a comment on the timeline here. Uh, So he made this uh, comment, I believe, on October 3rd? Maybe October 4th. And... The news about him resigning was not until Thursday night. So roughly a week between uh, this comment being made public and him actually, quote unquote, losing his job. So if we compare that to the other situations where uh, Klinsman, what, that was like a weekend between his comments being dug up and him losing his job? Yeah, it was and, very quick. Yeah, and the, the Des Moines, uh, Aaron Calvin, the Des Moines Register guy, that was like a fucking overnight firing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and also, um, sorry to interrupt, but a quick update on Jeff. Um, I actually got to speak with him the other day, and he is uh, doing very well. And uh, Oh, great. He has very awesome. much sort of like come to peace with it, but he still is. He, 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 has, he, he would do what I believe any of us would do in a situation like this, and instead of letting this lead him to despair, uh, it's only fur- further radicalized him and has uh, reinvigorated passion in him that he had when he was young to like actively protest and like actively organize and stuff so jeff if you're listening uh we love you and we're very glad to hear you're doing well yeah that's great definitely that's awesome that makes me really happy to hear justin always has the thing of like get mad stay mad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. don't allow it to kill you inside i will mention uh matt bitch was also involved with waterloo education association and had served as its chief negotiator in contract talks since at least 2015 i believe he also had other like posts that were pretty fucking bad too like i i can't remember yeah he had he has a lewds account you have to you have to send him 10 bucks a month to let him let you follow him on twitter there's like pictures of his butt cheeks in the bathtub with the uh comment uh really shouldn't be alone right now but glad you guys are here with me (laughs) (laughs) well he did just lose his job so that may be the route he takes going forward good for him he's a sex worker now it's fine yeah that's much better i think that's fine all right so i want to sort of tie the episode together with an article by our good friend joel curtinitis boo (laughs) 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 and the the whole reason i want to put this on the same episode as the joker review is so i can make this joke joel curtinitis joel Kerr, joker there we go. It's all. Uh, it all comes together. Yes. <laughs> he is the Joker. He, he is, is the, the Joker. Joker. Something we've been wanting to do for over a month. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good. Bur- it is a good one. It's weird that we haven't read a Joker Nidus article. Right. This is actually the first time we'll be reading uh, one of his columns on the show, despite talking about him quite a bit early and on. talking to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like. I just have spent so much time with Jordan. <laughs> I cannot believe I have not actually done with his articles. Yeah, and this is his most recent one. This was published in the Des Moines Register this week on October 9th. The headline is Trump, GOP, can't keep taking conservatives for granted. 
before we even start this, I'm going to say, yeah, they probably can. Yeah, <laughs> it's working pretty well so far. <laughs> they they like to vote in, in blocks. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Into the Joel hole we go. Let's see if he goes full Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if he goes full Joker this time. With Democrats mobilizing for the 2020 election, few pollsters have bothered checking the pulse of conservatives beyond general support of or opposition to President Trump. Yeah, no shit. Like, yeah, there's what, not. What a else pro- would you There's check? not a fucking primary. <laughs> like they're canceling primaries. Like okay, like that's the idea. If they did, they might find that the old fault lines are resurfacing within the GOP. Ugh. Sure, much of the party <laughs> approves of the president's manhandling of hostile media outlets and his own the libs Twitter tactics, but beyond that, policy-minded conservatives have little to crow about. Policy-minded conservatives. Paul Ryan. That means Paul Ryan, dude. He's policy-minded. <laughs> the wonks. The, the wonks. M- insanely discredited piece of shit that like yeah. even conservatives fucking hate now. Policy-minded conservatives, a real segment of the population. <laughs> <laughs> The wall isn't built, and Mexico definitely isn't paying for it. Gun rights have been eroded by the bump stock ban and presidential flirtation with dangerous oh, red fuck flag off, laws. Dude. Gun rights being eroded by the bump stock ban? <laughs> That's a take. <laughs> Did oh, he like boy. shut his brain off while he was typing that? <laughs> dude, guns equal freedom. Sorry. Was he having like input lag between his brain and his fingers when he typed that? Like You're assuming a lot when you talk about his brain. Dude, yeah. even a bunch of conservative gun owners that I know were like, yeah, bump stocks aren't really necessary. Yeah, literally like, they're pretty no dang- one. <laughs> it's pretty dangerous that they're a thing. And they even said you can basically cares. make your own bump stock anyways. Like, wow, dude, this guy has a job. This guy has a job and probably makes pretty good money doing this. Tariffs continue to hurt American consumers and producers, as well as undermine the right's traditional free market messaging. Free market messaging. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, what do you think he means by that? I mean, he means pro-business, which is the opposite of the free market. Like, they don't want the free market. The libertarian, the people who are not libertarian, like the majority of the conservatives, don't give a fuck about any of that fucking high-minded, highfalutin free market bullshit. Of course they don't. Right. And I think the the extent of free market messaging in the Republican Party is pretty much just that, just messaging. Like, they're not really in favor of like an actual free market free market they want to stack the deck at all times right the free market doesn't exist never has existed it's a fucking fantasy yeah it's just messaging it doesn't actually matter what you're doing you can just capitalism is capitalism you can just keep saying we support free markets that's what they always Yeah, just like we oppose deficits no you don't (laughs) i am pro free market until it makes me mad (laughs) <laughs> then it's suppression of free speech and the only thing that makes you mad is the lack of suitable video gaming choices <laughs> free market uh, businesses should be allowed to run their business any way that they see fit uh, until they fire somebody i like <laughs> then it's an, my rights are being infringed upon Speaking of deficits, I'll continue with Joel's words here. The national debt is exploding, and we don't even have Greenland to show for it. Uh, (laughs) I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. Even embattled Trump appointee Brett Kavanaugh, who wasn't anywhere near the first choice for conservatives, has opened his Supreme Court career voting with liberal justices on key cases. Owned, bitch. (laughs) Throwing a wet (laughs) towel on hopes for a conservative majority that will overturn Roe. 
Yeah, I think Kavanaugh is their second choice after Gorsuch. <laughs> <laughs> no, they want that lady. There's a lady. The really a, evil oh, one. The I really evil lady. That was choice two. Well, I am in favor of having more women in government, so I would like the very <laughs> evil lady instead of Brett Kavanaugh. I need more women CEOs. I need more women... <laughs> more prison guards. Yeah, more women prison guards. I need more women operating predator drones in the Middle East. <laughs> Breast cancer awareness warheads. <laughs> painted pink. Yeah. The tips are painted pink. Like yep. nipples. Here in Iowa, the Republican trifecta has also failed to deliver some key conservative wins, due more to ineffective House leadership than the inert bluster of the Democratic minority. Over the past couple sessions, pro-family legislation on shared parenting and life at conception has have joined a growing list shared of conservative parenting. bills that have died a quiet death in the House. What does shared parenting mean? Shared parenting is fucking men's rights. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Dad's rights family court i see a lot of like otherwise decent people that i know getting very very into that on facebook because they had a horrible court battle with um an ex-wife or like a a girlfriend or something that they had a child with and it just turns them into like fucking monsters it's part of the same like traditional gender role bullshit basically and they're diagnosing a correct problem the courts are all like inherently biased towards women because there's the idea that women are like the mothers and that they're have the closer bond to their children yeah. than men which is accurate to a certain extent but also it's it's part of the traditional like gender role shit they're missing the systemic mark of like how the yes. court system operates instead of and they're, they're just redirecting their anger onto their significant or former significant other yeah onto women instead of like i think they have a correct complaint but it's within this horrible toxic yeah it just runs together with all our other shit. Because they don't actually want to help fucking people. <laughs> right. Others, like tax reform and judicial nomination changes, were passed by the Iowa Senate only to be gutted by amendment or watered down by House leadership intent on snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa conservatives mobilized in 2016 and 2018 to deliver Republican majorities only to see campaign promises fall by the wayside and our priorities dismissed in the state house. All the old people went out and voted and I'm not getting my way. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah, shame on you, Joel Curtinitis. Fool me three times, and I must be a Republican voter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at the self-crit, so baby. Good. Yeah, great job, Joel. <laughs> He's approaching the point. <laughs> the GOP currently enjoys fairly broad support from voters and activists. Okay. But it's through no what? fault of their own. <laughs> Conservative activists. Oh. Like people that show up at Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> With MAGA signs. That's conservative activism, is just going anywhere with a MAGA sign. You know who's a real conservative activist is that furry with the con- the um, Confederate flag first. Yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> that's right. That guy's that's really right. out there. Or girl. I don't know if that's a man or a woman. Or It's definitely a man. <laughs> I've never <laughs> been more sure about anything in my life. I mean, like you said earlier, it the, could first, be a woman. the fursuit hides, yeah, the fursuit hides their identity, so <laughs> I'm not going to rule it out. It could be someone who doesn't identify as either a man or a woman. 
The GOP currently enjoys fairly broad support from voters and activists, but it's through no fault of their own. Rather, the leftward lurch of the Democratic Party has left libertarians, centrists, and independent-minded conservatives no choice but to rally behind the GOP out of sheer defensive instinct, despite our general distaste for party leadership or even the president himself. Sure. Yeah, these are people who right. would have been Democratic voters, for sure. Libertarians, <laughs> you guys are centrists. On the fence. <laughs> only thing that Joel Kernice actually disagrees with about Trump, well, actually, he probably agrees with him. He probably, uh, I mean, he's like all about the fucking pulling out of other countries. So he's probably down with like the uh, pulling out of northern Syria shit. Yeah. But like other than that, like he's totally aligned with Trump on pretty much every fucking Everything. issue, except for maybe the tariffs. Except for whether you're polite. I think that. This is kind of common to me, like any centrist I know, like self-proclaimed centrist, or, like self-proclaimed libertarian, like they're fucking Republicans. That's all they right. are. They're just Republicans that don't like being told what to do. That's literally all it boils down to. Like you've never had any even feigned interest in any leftist policy whatsoever. Uh, you fucking claim to hate big government, but you kiss its fucking ass at any opportunity. Yeah, they you will get. lick the boot if they feel like it, it oh, will God, advantage yeah. them in any way. Centrism doesn't fucking exist. Like libertarianism barely exists. Libertarianism exists like in a book. Like it's it's like a very like of course shoddily constructed ideology that just like piggybacks off of conservative ideology. It's it's the most disingenuous, stupid shit ever. And I've had a lo- I've had a longstanding theory that anyone that identifies as a libertarian, their parents were conservatives, probably very conservative and they wanted to sort of distance themselves from that just in the you know being a rebellious youth or whatever but they just couldn't shake that shitty ideology so what made the most sense was the landing point of libertarianism i mean that's basically like there was a brief point in my life where i was like yeah i guess i'm kind of a libertarian and that describes it exactly oh dude i remember dig.com i was like ron paul dude ron paul 2008 was (laughs) like i remember that i was into that for a whole month dude Mm -hmm, i remember that (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, it's exactly that. Like, I come from a conservative family, and I like as I became a teenager, I sort of like started seeing issues with that, and I was like, well, I guess I'm not exactly like this, but maybe I'm sort of halfway this. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> My family didn't talk politics at all. I had zero exposure to politics for the most part uh, until a uh, friend of the show, Steve Washburn, <laughs> gave me a Dead Kennedys album to listen to, and that was literally like, my, oh, nice. give, give me convenience or give me death was like my first experience. <laughs> exposure to any kind of no nice, i'm sorry dude. it wasn't just that it was also um the toxicity album uh, right, system yeah. of a down was system also down. V- yeah very early exposure to like politics for me right. so like i didn't i didn't get like the i didn't get like eased into it with like that it was just like right. men screaming about the fucking <laughs> inequality and like the prison system and right. like the militarization of the police <laughs> also i would say i would love to have an active libertarian movement like i would i mean i want multiple parties like you know more yeah. parties in yeah, general very, like if there a, was like a, a fucking party. active like conservative but you know like the ron paul thing totally died out like i would totally down if there is like something like that to pressure like republicans into taking better positions on like civil liberties and yeah and uh war and and shit it it just doesn't exist man <laughs> like there's a reason like okay so back to to joel's uh words here uh he was talking about how a lot of republican voters are not super enthusiastic about the party or the president they just sort of have nowhere else to go Nowhere was this effect better demonstrated than during the Kavanaugh hearing, when perennially squishy Senator Lindsey Graham became the conservative <laughs> hero of the week. Bullshit, dude. Perennially squishy. <laughs> nice. Bullshit, dude. Fuck Lindsey Graham. Fuck Lindsey Graham. 
He fucking sucks. So, I mean, I get what he's saying, but, like, Lindsey Graham is still, like, he's the epitome of, like, Republican politicians. Yes, perennially squishy Senator Lindsey Graham became the conservative hero of the week just for pointing out the vindictive absurdity of the confirmation fiasco. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew that was going to get you, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Likewise, nominally Republican leaders like Mitch McConnell have gone from conservative punching bags to veritable Ronald Reagans just by obstructing a Democratic agenda that's openly hostile to freedom. (laughs) Man, these people want to be victims so badly. I love it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Hypocrites. This next paragraph is my favorite part of the article, so brace yourselves. My wife and I went to see Stephen King's It Chapter 2 in theaters within 24 <laughs> hours of September's circle, Democratic baby. debate, but only the latter gave me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> After all, cool. the, the possessed murder clown didn't praise socialism, outline plans to confiscate firearms, or float any balloons about race-based reparations. Yes, he, just, he just killed children, which Murdered I have several children. of myself. God. <laughs> I'm gonna, I say this, I swear to God, I say this every week we do this show and we go over one of these conservative journalists like, this shit can't be hard. I really should not it's have not. given up. I really should not have given up my dream of being a journalist. Like, if I would have known it was going to be this easy, man, fuck. I'd be making 70k a year at least by now. I, I don't think you can pull it off. You have to be, you have to embody the like wide-eyed, just like naivety. Yeah, no problem. I can write like <laughs> that. However you say it. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, Fuck. that's not hard. It's just, I can write like that. Naivete. <laughs> I start to naivete about myself. <laughs> I've, I've owned myself. Uh, fear may drive alliance, but it cannot ultimately forge unity. Yes, it does. Look at your entire fucking party, you moron. <laughs> your whole party's built on fear. Like, all the people fear you vote for. Just, yeah, they're, make, they're making you afraid for fucking a century now. It's like, that's what they do. That's why you people stick together and vote in fucking blocks like this, is because you're afraid. You're afraid of change. You're fucking regressive. Trump will almost certainly survive the House's impeachment bluster. He may even be lucky enough to score a far-left general election opponent who will drive moderates his way. <laughs> Oh boy! I hope I'd love to see it. We'd love to see it, yeah, folks. Sure. Yeah, Bernie versus Trump sounds good. I'm yeah. glad you agree, Joel. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're with you on that, Joel. Let's take that gamble, Joel. Yeah, I'm wondering if Joel is one of those people that thinks Elizabeth Warren is a progressive. Oh, yes. of course, he thinks he's a socialist, Absolutely. even though she explicitly says she's a capitalist. <laughs> but he certainly won't stand a chance against any competent Democrats without the block of conservative voters, especially oh. in the Midwest, who took a chance on him in 2016. Good thing there's none of those running. Ayo! <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, ditto the Iowa House, where the narrow Republican majority lost seats in 2018, while the bolder and more conservative Iowa Senate majority gained three. Incoming Iowa House Speaker Pat Grassley has a choice to make. No! <laughs> yeah, it's his That's right, turn. folks. No! Yeah. Of course it How is, How old dude. is his grandson? His grandson's got to be like 70. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's not even his son. It's his grandson. <laughs> He's old enough that his grandson is the speaker of the Iowa House now. Oh, yeah. Oh. We love to see it. 
He's 36. I just looked it up. The Grassley <laughs> Dynasty, folks. We do love a good monarchy around here. Just look at the Ferences. So these are the, the choices that Joel lays out for incoming Iowa House Speaker Pat Grassley. He can vocally embrace a conservative agenda and give Republicans a reason to show up in 2020, or he can continue stonewalling conservatives and avoiding confrontational legislation and watch his margin or even his majority dry up. Elections are won by voters and activists, and Iowa's conservative voters are fed up with underwhelming legislative results after years of promising bold reform. There's no question that Democrats will turn out in 2020. Contempt for the Trump administration and resentment over what they consider to be a stolen presidential term will ensure high turnout on the left. Who still thinks that? That's the problem, yeah. They think it's stolen. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way, but... Are there still people that are hung up on, like, the Russia thing, do you think? Yes. Uh, uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Is that what people, do yeah. people really think that's why that Hillary lost, not that she was a horrible yeah. candidate? They've kind of, like, lost focus on the Russia thing because it kind of fizzled. Oh, they're on to, they're, they, yeah, they went to the uh, Mueller report, and then now they're on to the impeachment thing, right? Yeah, I mean, these yeah. are basically, like, older liberal folks. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for the kind of shit they cook up in their brains when Trump's in office again. Because <laughs> they're too fucking incompetent. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, though, I mean, the presidential term was stolen, but it's not like a conspiracy. It was like out in the open. Yeah, it's just like the electoral the college. It's how yes, it works. Exactly. <laughs> yes. The way that we divide up this country and how the votes are tallied up is a way to steal elections. And the yes. way that voters are repression of voters if they happen to, you know, look a certain way or live in a certain area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they do steal elections, but we don't need Russia to interfere to make that happen. Right. Anyway, the question for Trump and Republicans is whether they can fulfill enough campaign promises between now and the election to make sure their base turns out as well. And the clock is ticking. The end. Wait, that's the end of it? Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any concerns about Republicans voting for Trump. Uh, I don't think that the swing voters are going to be voting for Trump, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys have any Republicans in your life that you talk to frequently. Plenty. But the ones that I know uh, don't really care about anything that's going on. They're going to vote for Trump again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the, the people who identify specifically as Republican do not give a shit, and they're going to vote for Trump because they feel like he represents their interests. Simple as that. Most of the people that I know that vote Republican, uh, at least younger people that aren't very wealthy, they don't really like the guy very much. They think he's an idiot, but they, they're afraid that if they don't go vote, then their side is not going to be in office anymore. Uh, I know a few different people that I talk to fairly regularly that found Bill Weld kind of interesting and like mm -hmm. were hoping that they could actually throw some weight behind him. But, you know, that's not going to happen now. No, yeah, that I mean not. that never was going to happen. I know, but like, <laughs> never the, allow the that. fact that the fact that they were even considering it, like I know a lot of people that like I think I probably mentioned this before. They're they're not like quote Trump people. I think you know what I'm saying when I say that. Uh, yeah. but they voted for yeah. him and they'll probably vote for him again. Right. There is some I mean, some of Joel's analysis is not wrong in that like people feel like you know, like conservative people feel like they have to vote for Trump, but like you're still on that side of the fence, you know. Right. You never weren't. Yeah, and the right. people he's talking about are not just like your average everyday person. It's people like him. Yeah. Who write about this every week. Yeah, you know, I mean, he probably feels the same way about the Republican. Well, again, I think that there's a closer tie between like 
the libertarians and conservatives than there is between socialists and democrats like mm-hmm. definitely well he feels a close tie between himself and the dsa when i was talking to him he said that's the only part he respects oh so he likes the dsa horseshoe theory in action folks <laughs> it's just because he likes antagonism I guess. Well, I mean, a lot of people like antagonism. So that's the thing. Like, he also says that, like, if Democrats choose a leftist candidate, they're going to lose. But he also says that he likes the DSA. I feel like there's a lot of people on the center, the quote-unquote center of the political aisle, who feel the same way. And for that reason, I don't really think that Trump is really going to... Like I said, I think Sanders or Warren is probably going to be the nominee. I think it's a two-way race now. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Speaking of that, um, there's a debate next week, and I... I'm not going to be able to watch it, but I think you guys are planning to watch it. Yeah. Are we? I when guess. is that? The 15th? Is it? Oh, it's on Tuesday, Tuesday, isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, sure. I think I'll stay late at work that night. <laughs> <laughs> or I know I'll watch it if I go home. It'll be garbage, man. We had talked about <laughs> discussing that on our next episode, and I was going to provide some predictions as someone who's not going to watch so that you guys could sort of judge my ability okay, to good predict idea. things. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I was going to prepare these ahead of time, but I forgot about that until just now. So uh, here are some predictions off the top of my head. So Biden seems to be really on a gay bathhouses kick. So I think he's been- <laughs> <laughs> What? He really respects the uh, founders of democracy, the Greeks. <laughs> he's really into the bathhouses. Ah, yes. And Pericles, the father of democracy. <laughs> um, there was an LGBTQ plus uh, town hall the other night, Chuck, and Biden was on it and he was talking about how when he was younger, the way that people talked about gay people, it was all about uh, gay bathhouses and round the clock sex. In San Francisco. Sounds good. And he said 15 years ago, which was uh, <laughs> 2004. <laughs> I guess it was more of a recent thing than I, than I thought. His uh, mind is just a fucking, like, it's shoots and ladders, dude. <laughs> so since that was a recent thing, I'm going to guess that he may actually mention the word bathhouses again at this debate. <laughs> oh, man. So mark that down. I got to go check uh, Elite Sportsbook to see if there's any lines on that one I can put some money on. Uh, I'm going to guess that Pete Buttigieg is going to say something uh, sort of allude to Bernie Sanders' recent health situation. I think Pete's going to be the Pete's one to bring the that one. up. Oh, yeah. someone yeah. is 100% going to do that. And I think Pete probably is the most likely. Yep. So yeah, agreed. Um, I think, honestly, this this is kind of a crapshoot. But at this point, I I honestly think something might come up with Warren and sort of misrepresenting things in her past. Because it, it's gotten some media attention recently. Yeah, yeah. It might come That's up. That's a good prediction. Yeah. Well, she's a legitimate front runner now. Yes. And right. she maybe wasn't in the other debates. Right. Uh, who else is going to be at this debate? Do you guys know? And she also has a lot of dirt on her. <laughs> um, I don't know who. I mean, uh, Harris Tulsi maybe. is now again. That's interesting. So somebody who was did not make it into the previous debates yeah. has now made it into this current one. Uh, <laughs> they're really thinning the field. They're doing a great job of that. <laughs> I like to have choices. <laughs> <laughs> she's back i need some sort of wild card prediction so give me a candidate and i'll just make something up about them andrew yang yeah klobuchar yeah, of course yang. klobuchar dude try to imagine anything controversial coming out of her mouth i'll do a yang and a klobuchar um andrew yang is going to 
he's going to make some sort of joke about the Joker. Yeah, Yang is going to bring up the Joker. <laughs> Ooh, I like yeah. that one. That's, that's that is good. on that's brand, dude. That's, dude, that's a good bet. That's printing money. <laughs> and uh, since uh, Minnesota, I think, is actually seeing some snowfall right now, ah. I'm going to guess that Klobuchar is going to make a, a reference to that speech she did like a year ago where she was yes. standing out in the snow. Oh, she's going to talk about her bona fides. Like, I, yeah. I go out and campaign even when it's cold outside. Yep, and a shout like, out to I'll her I'll be fighting for you in yeah. sub-32 sub degree Fahrenheit weather. You guys, Tom Steyer is on the stage this time. Is he oh, really? Man. What the fuck, oh, dude? Come yeah, on. Yeah, he is. Come the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that for? Go home. Oh, uh, yes. Respected billionaire Tom Steyer. <laughs> <laughs> One good thing I did hear about uh, Tom Steyer is that he worked at, he and Eddie Lampert, the former Sears executive, who was like a huge piece of shit and like a libertarian Ayn Rand guy who basically destroyed Sears by having all of their departments f- feud with each other and compete <laughs> for like ad space in their brochures. Wow. Uh, no way. Tom that Steyer really worked well. with him and basically said that he was like a complete asshole and he like shorted the shit out of Steer- Sears stock when he became the CEO, <laughs> which oh, is wow. hilarious. But yeah. Tom yeah, Steyer sucks. So, Fuck that him. works out so well for Sears that I got a bunch of clothes for really cheap when they closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the free market is spoken, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think that was like five or so predictions from me, so we'll see how I did next time we talk about this. That's good shit, dude. Uh, do you guys <laughs> have any closing thoughts before we end today's show? Uh, I, I wish we could talk about something consequential, but <laughs> we're just distracted by shiny pennies <laughs> like the, or shiny, you know, like silver dollars like the, the Joker movie, so we have to talk <laughs> about that instead. <laughs> so um, I want to plug my own articles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to have an article come out later this week in the Iowa Informer. That is an interview I did with front of the show, Joel Carnitis. <laughs> um, we will share that on Twitter. And then I am ostensibly having an editorial in the register. Yeah, I would like to shout out a uh, friend of the show, Brandon, who appeared in a photo uh, protesting outside of Rockwell Collins this week. because. Of oh, yeah, their, that's right. Nice. Their, their ties yeah, to, uh, to ICE and the border camps the uh concentration camps yeah our one of our local economic powerhouses rockwell collins has some contracts with the nazis more or less yeah yeah i mean they're pretty evil in general because they're military industrial complex but then they also have ties to fucking concentration camps so yeah and our our friend brandon was out there demonstrating against them which is cool i want to give a shout out to myself um (laughs) (laughs) i worked i worked very hard this week at my job, and uh, I brought it today on the show. So I'm I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of the work I put in. I'm proud of you too, man. Thank you. You didn't even see the movie. <laughs> I didn't have fucking time. Natalie, I worked 55 hours this week. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I barely had time to wipe my fucking ass this week. <laughs> would you want me to go see the Joker at 7 a.m. this morning? So I have that would have time old, to come dude. back. <laughs> Just by myself with a joker with the sun coming up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm proud of you, too. That's Thank a lot you. of hours. Yes, Thank we're all, all proud of our boy, Chuck. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> all right. I think that's a good place to leave it on that little positive yep. note there. <laughs> uh, yep. 
Thanks everyone Bye, for listening. Everyone. Have a good week. God Thanks. bless. Bye. Love you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.